Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Dan Myler. With me again, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. It's the week 10 edition of the podcast, fellas. The Week was full of some ups and some downs, of course. Christian Kirk and Darius Slayton were highlights, but unfortunately they were on a bunch of benches. Derrick Henry, Tyreek Hill, Lamar Jackson, that Rams defense. Lots of points scored. The consistency of Michael Thomas is a story, but as always, we're going to talk about transaction trends. Our transaction theme will continue here in Week 10. First, though, Matt, how's Week 10 going for you? Packers just barely won, so I guess it was pretty good. Fantasy-wise, uh, kind of kind of a, a little bit of a boring week for me. How about you guys? Yeah, mine was kind of up and down. Like I said earlier, some leagues, you had to have the right combination, as we usually have to have. Uh, if, you, if you had some of those sleepers that really came through, if you're playing in a deep enough league to put Darius Slayton in your lineup or, or those buys forced you to do so, it seemed like a good week. But, man, I ran into that hot combo of Kirk and Slayton in, a, in two leagues, and that buried me. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know how things went fantasy-wise for me yet. I'm, I'm a little afraid to look, but I did, have, uh, I did have Christian Kirk in a lot of lineups, so that felt good. Yeah, it feels good indeed. Let's get started. Lots happened on Sunday. Again, I want to mention that we are recording on Sunday evening before the Sunday night football game kicks off. Uh, We're going to start on Thursday night, though, with the Raiders beating the Chargers 26-24. to I had this game, guys, and we've talked a little bit about Hunter Renfro already this year, but I wanted to mention him once again. He's a buy for me. Uh, The usage seems to be moving up. He played 31 snaps in Week 10. That's just over 53% of the team's snaps, offensive snap at least, and has had 12 targets over the last two weeks. That has translated to 10 catches for 96 yards in that touchdown. It seems like he's gaining a little bit of chemistry with David Carr, and there's been some recent trades, even as as recent as since Thursday night on the DLF trade finder. We've seen trades straight up for Darren Fells or straight up for Auden Tate. Uh, A couple of deals for a 2023rd round pick. Those all seem like good deals in PPR leagues. All those did come in PPR leagues, by the way. So 
he seems like a nice stash, a nice guy that you want on your roster if you're in that PPR setup. A guy that has a little bit of that Julian Edelman-esque upside. Uh, quick guy inside the the numbers. Um, lots of underneath throws. You're not going to see him downfield often, although he did have a deep touchdown earlier this season. But just a just a nice guy to have as that wide receiver six on your roster. Your guys' thoughts on Renfro going forward? I, yeah, I really like what I've seen from Renfro as well the past couple weeks. And as you mentioned there at the beginning, Dan, I think the most uh, the most important thing for us to notice, and it, it has been there, is the usage. He's uh, he's essentially turned into the wide receiver two in that offense, and, and I don't really see anybody on the team currently that can threaten that. Yeah, he's a nice bi-week fill-in, injury fill-in. We've got 8.2 PPR points this week, uh, so you'll take that in a week where you know, you're know you struggling to fill those those lineup spots with six teams on bye. So uh, definitely somebody to look for in the future. And even, even if they add a big name at wide receiver in the draft next year, uh, he's, he's probably going to be able to still maintain that slot role uh, in three wide receiver sets. So, yeah, I'm all in on, on Renfro at his price right now. That third third round pick for next year, I like that. And uh, Auden Tate, yeah, I like the Raiders better than the Bengals, so let's do that. And Darren Fells, he's the classic one-for-one one in a touchdown uh, if you need a plug-in tight end. But Renfro, obviously, I think has more upside there. So, like all of those. Yeah, long-term upside is what we're probably more looking for with Renfro. But just to be clear, the last three weeks – four for 88 on four targets, six for 54 on seven targets, and four for 42 this past week on five targets against the Chargers. So a guy that uh, keeps trending upwards for sure, and with his youth and an offense that seems to be getting better and better by the week, it seems like a guy I'm willing to invest in for the long haul. Let's move into Sunday, Matt. You had the Lions and the Bears. Who do we want to talk about here? Mitchell Trubisky finally had a you know a decent fantasy game, and I think it's time for us to go ahead and get out in super flex leagues. You probably still can't get out in one quarterback leagues if he's still on rosters, um, but in super flex leagues next week we get the Rams, which is going to be a much tougher matchup for him. So take this opportunity now to get out uh, basically any first round pick I'm taking for him. Uh, in super flex right now, uh, he was sold for a second. That seems a little bit. Uh, a little bit, little bit low. I think you probably still get a first from him most cases, but even like a high second, I might consider that a super flex league and in a, in a one quarterback league. If he is uh, still, still attractive to somebody for a third round pick, that trade happened a few times on the trade finder as well. Uh, this year, Mitchell Trubisky is 33rd of all quarterbacks with 100 pass attempts in yards, uh, yards per attempt at 5.63. Really bad. So take this attempt to get out now, I think, uh, before his schedule gets a little bit tougher next week. Matt, it seems like Trubisky has regressed in his second season. I was a little bit of a supporter coming into the 2019 season, uh, thinking if he could take that step forward in that offense. I was actually a fan of that coaching staff as well. Thought thought they had a good first season and showed some things creatively to make Trubisky Bisky better than maybe what he was and uh, it just hasn't come together this year even though the Bears did get that win uh, on Sunday it man Trubisky didn't look good and I know the stats may look good when you look at your your lineup that super flex lineup and say oh yeah he he put up uh, more points than what was projected uh, certainly look looks fine to me 16 for 23 for 173 
Yeah, he had the three touchdowns. He missed a few open receivers as well. Uh, Allen Robinson was frustrated at one point in that game with the really errant throw. So uh, it's just, like I said, feels like he's regressed, and it's hard to see him taking the path to to really the point where we kind of hoped he would uh, at the beginning of this season after after a rookie season that left us feeling like he had some upside. There were some reports that this week too that that perhaps you know Nagy had this kind of gimmicky offense and and year in his first year with Trubisky and he didn't really do much to to help develop Trubisky as an actual quarterback. He had some success in the system that the NFL kind of figured out this year, and now they've kind of come come back to more of a, a little bit of a traditional offense that he's having trouble reading progressions and things like that. So it's possible his development was put back a year, but I think at this point I'm I'm ready to get out. You know, Cam Newton's going to be. Uh, probably not on the, on the Panthers next year. This feels like a pretty good landing spot to kind of help save Nagy's job. And, 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 and if the Bears want to make a, you know, an, an actual attempt at a Super Bowl run with this defense while it's intact, then it seems like they they can't really wait on Trubisky to develop at this point if they're going to take advantage of that. So uh, with that uncertain future, I just want out right now. Yeah, I'd want out as well. Uh, Ryan, let's talk about a quarterback you want in on and explain that. You had the Ravens and the Bengals. Yeah, I did, and and obviously the story of this game uh, once again was Lamar Jackson. I definitely went in on him, but uh, we might have missed the boat on that one, at least to get any kind of discount there. So I'm going to look to the other sidelines and thinking about Andy Dalton as as a buy in Superflex leagues, looking at uh, at his body of work throughout his career. There's there's only been one year he was not inside the top 20 fantasy quarterbacks. Um, that that may not sound too exciting, but in a super flex league, that's that's going to be useful and, and pretty important. Uh, even just this year, when now that uh, he's gotten benched, looking at his eight starts, he was a QB one. He was a top twelve quarterback in four of those eight games, and just with the quarterback shortage around the league, he's certainly going to get signed, and it, it almost has to be a better. Uh, situation and a better landing spot than what he's dealt with uh, with the Bengals the past couple of years as far as their poor offensive line uh, the the just the coaching staff issues prior to this year um, it feels like Dalton is is destined to see an upgraded uh, position and then looking at some recent trades involving Dalton in super flex leagues it, it seems that he's basically being used to buy a quarterback that's playing right now. So there were there were multiple Andy Dalton for Ryan Fitzpatrick trades. There was one uh, Andy Dalton and a third for Kyle Allen. So essentially just uh, super flex owners looking for a quarterback who is, who is still starting this year. Uh, so if, if I can buy him at that type of price and uh, have a 2020 starter on my team, I'm, I'm willing to do that for sure. You seem relatively confident then, Ryan, that Dalton will find a job in 2020. Uh, it's getting obviously got to be somewhere else, right? Um, how confident, where is that confidence meter as far as Dalton being a number one somewhere next year? Yeah, I mean, it's very high. I've, I've actually was looking at the quarterback situation uh, for every team earlier today, and uh, I found 13 teams that I think 
we can say their 2020 quarterback situation is up in the air. Uh, of course, some of those are closer to being locked in than, than others. And, and there's other moving pieces. Matt already talked about Cam Newton. Uh, it seems like uh, he's going to be available for somebody. Maybe, maybe that in turn makes Mitchell Trubisky available. We've heard Philip Rivers as a guy who might be on the market. So there's, I think there's a lot of names that are going to trade spots this off season, but I think at the very, I guess, worst case, we, we would see Dalton sign with the team that also drafts a quarterback in the first or second round, similar to what, we, uh, what we've seen with the Broncos this year and, uh, and many other teams over the past two or three years. Matt, anything to add here about Andy Dalton and, and what your feelings are going forward with him? No, not really. I, I like it. If I can buy him for a, a couple of thirds even uh, and, and as my quarterback three in a super flex league, you know, just that guy that, that's going to sit behind and fill in case of injuries like we've had a billion of this year, it seems like, at the quarterback position, then, then I like that quite a bit. I do think he is, you know, one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, so he should have a starting gig somewhere next year. All right. I think that's enough talk about a backup quarterback at this point. Let's move on to the Bills and the Browns, Matt. You had this one. Yeah, I went with a name we haven't thought about in a little while here, David Njoku, tight end for the Browns. Uh, I, I want to buy him now. You know, he's he's a week away from coming. I guess really two weeks from, away from coming back at this point. Uh, so let's get him now before he. We're really thinking about that after week eleven. He comes back against uh, Miami in week twelve. So you know, I guess the Miami Dolphins have won two in a row. So maybe they're not as terrible as we thought they are. But I still think they're probably you know one of the best matchups for opposing past offenses and the Browns. Uh, they kind of got it together a little bit today. So I know I know we've we've been on this ride with them before this season. You know, against the Ravens they had a good game and then they were back to. Uh, kind of being a joke again, but you know maybe this time it's for real. Uh, and Njoku is a guy that we liked as a top six to seven tight end in, in the uh, in the, the offseason here. And he's he's his value has drifted down a little bit in the trade finder. He's gone for Ryan Finley straight up in the uh, in a super flex format. He's gone for twenty twenty second multiple times. Um, uh, MVS Tyrell Williams, Rashad Penny, Sammy Watkins maybe a little bit questionable if you're still holding on to Sammy Watkins love. But all of these guys I think are, are reasonable to send for David Njoku right now if you need a tight end, uh, especially since he's going to be back this year and coming back in uh, what we hope is a plus matchup. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I, I still, I mean, I think looking at that Browns team, you still have to see a lot of long-term upside uh, when we're thinking 2020 and, and beyond. So that's that's still an offense I want to invest in. I think they're going to have to, they're going to have to find a way to get that right, whether it's a coaching change or or, or something, but uh, buying low on, on guys like David Njoku, I think uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I like that as well. We might be a tad late to the party on this. You know, the, the buy window was probably a lot better four or five weeks ago, especially with the, with the cruel landscape that is the tight end position. Although that still exists with him getting this close to, to being back, returning to an offense that might be finally getting their legs under themselves, at least a little bit. Um, the price probably has gone up in the, in the last few weeks. Um, a guy, lots of us as fantasy owners in general were, was really high on. We, we liked him in this offense. I think that all still exists. That upside's still there. So I like him as a buy as well. And if you can get him for those prices that you mentioned, Matt, it sounds like a win for sure. Let's move on to the Falcons and the Saints. I had this game. I'm going to take the easy way out on this one. I'm going to recommend Brian Hill as an ad. Now, 
in a few leagues. I've seen him added a week ago because Ido Smith went on IR, and, and Hill has had some opportunity recently. In fact, before the Week 9 bye, he scored that rushing touchdown, went 3-for-29. But after Devonta Freeman's foot injury, which forced him to miss the second half, it was the Brian Hill show. He got 20 carries, only had 61 yards, so only averaged 3.1 yards per carry, but also caught that 10-yard touchdown on the flare route. So it seems like if Freeman's out for any extended period of time, Brian Hill would be at least a maybe the lion's share, maybe maybe more than a 50-50 split with whoever the next guy in line might be. these are the kind of guys that we get after in free agency. It's getting kind of late. If you if you use those budgets, it seems like if you need a, a running back that's going to have a role, this is a this is a good roll of the dice. And if he's available in your league, he's he's worthy of a roster spot for sure, and might even be worthy of of putting in that flex position in the next couple of weeks. I like that, Dan. But I would also add Quadri Olison to that list uh, just in case, you know, and probably also on waiver wires, if not on somebody's taxi squad. So. Uh, I like him just as much, if not more, than Hill. Yeah, I looked at Olison, and across my leagues, at least, it seemed like he was he was owned while Brian Hill wasn't, and and that's probably just because owners recently invested that late third or even fourth round draft pick and stashed him away on taxi or whatever. It seemed like Hill was the guy that was available in a lot more, uh, but. You know, we all play in different types of league, depending on the depth and, and how many guys you can stash away. Uh, they may both be available, and, and Olison's certainly a guy you should look out for on that waiver wire this week as well. Ryan, you had the Cardinals and the Buccaneers. Let's talk about another running back here. Yeah, looking at Ronald Jones in this one, uh, he has played well over the past couple weeks. He was announced uh, as the as the starter, which kind of felt like a long time coming as Peyton Barber struggled for most of the year. And we do still think of Ronald Jones as the most talented back in that backfield, uh, regardless of how the playing time's been the past couple of years. But uh, week nine, that first week with Jones as, as the starter, he finished as the RB14 this week, uh, pending the primetime games. He's the RB4 on the week. So he's, he's doing a lot of that uh, with, with his work in the passing game. Hasn't been an efficient runner, 18 for 67 last week, 11 for 29 this week. And in short, I I just still don't trust this guy. I want to take these two games, which are basically the two best games of his short career so far and try to sell high um, on, on that note. And I think with, We've already talked about it a little bit with injuries to running backs, with uh, some continued disappointing play to, for running backs. I think it's it's a pretty easy sell to make at this point. Yeah, and the thing is, it, it got a lot of pub this week, Ryan, that Ronald Jones was the guy and he would be the featured featured back and that starter. But when you look at the usage in Week 10, he really wasn't. He had his 11 carries for 29 yards and and did score that touchdown. But Peyton Barber had 11 uh, carries as well, 43 yards in his own touchdown. The difference, like you mentioned, came in the the passing game as a receiver. Jones had 8 for 77. Barber just had one target, uh, one catch for four yards. And Agumboale mixed in as well, but but really only that passing down back, uh, three for 24 through the air. 
Um, I'm trying to capitalize as well. There was a time I was a fan of Jones, and he certainly looks a lot better this year than he did a year ago. I'm I'm in on that. Uh, the long-term upside does not appear to be there, as he said, though. So I'm moving on if I can as well. Speaking of moving on, we are going to move on to the Battle of the Meadowlands, the Giants and the Jets. I had this one, guys, and I went with Golden Tate. And like you did, Ryan, with Ronald Jones, I'm going to sell Golden Tate. He is 31 years old. He is really playing well. You know, you can't really really down, you know, put him, move him down any short-term rankings because he's putting up numbers with the Giants since returning from that suspension early this year. Uh, the last five weeks, including week 10, nine targets, 11 targets, 10 targets, six targets, eight targets. His worst game in that stretch is six for 42 with a, with a rush, which is st- for 16 yards, which is still nearly a dozen points in PPR leagues. Other than that, he has at least 80 yards and three touchdowns over the last five weeks. Um, there's, there's a market for him, especially if you don't need him in your starting lineup. It feels like a primary sell, a guy I'd be trying to get off my roster at 31 years old. Uh, we might be running out of time to get some kind of decent return for Golden Tate. Recent trades I saw on the Trade Finder included Tate for a 2022nd and third. That's a nice haul for sure. Uh, multiple, and I mean a lot, of Golden Tate for a 2022nd. Uh, those are the kind of deals that we see. If you can get more than a future second, it's a no-brainer. Probably no matter how bad you need Golden Tate. Um, but if you're a middling team, not really looking at a championship run, I'm selling him for a second in a heartbeat, fellas. Yeah, I totally agree. I think he's, he, he's one of the most obvious sells right now and kind of like Jones, I think he'll be an easy sell because we are seeing him produce, um, in addition to all the long-term questions when it comes to his age and, and everything else, we could also see, uh, Sterling Shepard and, and Ingram back on the field any time really which would uh which would of course eat into tate's workload you know and the timing isn't great right now uh, the giants are about to hit their buy in week 11 so you know it's always difficult to trade a guy on buy after that at chicago then green bay at philadelphia the playoff schedule a little bit better with miami at washington and then philadelphia again but a couple rough games after the buy everything points to selling that yeah, I was going to say on contenders, actually, I don't mind holding. But after you mentioned the buy and the, the schedule coming up afterwards, yeah, I agree. You might as well get out now. You had a nice run with him this season, a few games in production there, like you mentioned. And uh, go ahead and, and get out while you can. I, I, I think with that buy, it is going to be more difficult. I don't think you're going to get that that second and third. Maybe you can still get that late second, and I would just take it, basically take, take what you can get at this point uh, because who knows what's going to happen with him next season. Yeah, who knows? Indeed, we'll see what the draft brings. New York as well. They're, they could be moving on from some players. I knew Golden Tate is just just brand new to New York, but boy, it, we wouldn't expect him to be long uh, long for New York in that offense. Matt, let's talk about the Chiefs and the Titans. Who do we have here? Yeah, let's go back to one of our favorite rookies, Darwin Thompson. Uh, he was activated today. He didn't really do anything. One carry for negative one yards, I think, the last time I looked. So uh, not a very exciting day for him. But for me, the, the news that, that Sean McCoy was a healthy scratch 
uh, kind of signifies that they want to get Darwin Thompson involved in the rotation, at, at least in some regards. And we want any piece we can get out of this chief, Chiefs offense. And uh, if Darwin Thompson is the future there, then uh, go ahead and pick him up now while he's cheap. Some trades in the trade finder straight up for Carlos Hyde, J.D. McKissick, uh, Ryquell Armstead, 2023, Jared Cook. So all of these are, I think, are fair prices for a prospect like that in the offense that, that he plays in. So let's see if we can buy Darwin Thompson before the trade deadline hits. Yeah, I don't mind that one, Matt, for sure. It seemed like, you know, there was the report that LaShawn McCoy was rested to keep him healthy and, and ready to go, give him that bye week. Uh, so he's ready late in the season where they're really going to need him. It seemed like they needed LaShawn McCoy this week. And I was excited about seeing what maybe Darwin Thompson could do as well. The limited usage, that wasn't, that wasn't a good sign to me. Um, I agree. You want, you want guys in this offense and, and you want guys with, with upside. And it seems like Thompson probably has that. If, if it's cheap enough, if you're getting them for J.D. McKissick, that's a slam dunk for sure. Uh, certainly as a add-on in a trade, that sounds, sounds like a good deal as well. But, but I wouldn't give up too much for Darwin Thompson. I think the likelihood for me, everything points to the Chiefs investing in the running back position in the offseason. If Darwin Thompson hasn't had his chance just yet, and there have been opportunities with that aging running back core already in place. I it feels to me like maybe they they think they, they might have missed with him and and move on, uh, give another guy a shot through the draft in a year. Let's go to the Dolphins and the Colts. I had this one, guys, and we had a conversation leading up to the podcast before we kicked this thing off. And there wasn't a lot to talk about in this offense, or either offense, really. But we landed on Devontae Parker. And I'm going to throw you under the bus here, Ryan. You helped me out with choosing Devontae Parker. And I wasn't super excited about it. And then I went and looked at his usage. And it has spiked over the last month or so. 10 targets, 8 targets, 6 targets, and then 10 again in Week 10 against the Colts. That translated to 5 catches for 69 yards. Really has been consistent over this past stretch. Uh, 10 plus points in every game in PPR leagues. Two touchdowns over the last month as well. Um, With the injury to Preston Williams, he's... He's forced to lead in the way down the stretch through these bye weeks. He's a guy that's getting plugged into lineups, and at least he's getting you to 10 points. At least he's putting up some numbers. Um, We've joked about Devontae Parker a lot in the past, how he's a bust, how he may not be the guy that we thought he was coming out of college. He's he hasn't been all that bad here recently, and and he's certainly worthy of a ro- not only a roster spot, but maybe even a guy that that you should be trying to actively add in your leagues, um, a cheap ad, no doubt. As we as we move forward, if you're looking for that wide receiver four on your roster, Parker isn't a bad, wouldn't be a bad ad. Yeah, I totally agree. He's he's now been a top 32 wide receiver in six straight games. So, again, we're not talking about um, a huge ceiling, but he's been between – he has finished between wide receiver 15 and 32 in six straight. And the injury to Preston Williams, as you mentioned, uh, to me only solidifies his usage moving forward. And, and we are still talking about the Dolphins. Even with this two-game winning streak, uh, they have – they have no running game at all. They're going to have to throw the ball uh, to stay competitive in every single game. So Parker's absolutely a guy I would be trying to buy, especially if I'm a contender. Uh, Matt mentioned this in that same 
discussion before the show, it, it really just comes down to what is his price. You, you probably can't buy Parker for a third at this point. Uh, and I would not, uh, I would not be willing to pay a second rounder. So we're getting into adding prospects or multiple third round picks or swapping seconds and thirds along with Parker, something like that. The deal gets a little, uh, a little messier, I guess, but in the end, I do think he's, he's worth starting probably for the rest of the season. It, with the caveat that, that Fitzpatrick is still the quarterback. I, I completely yes. agree with that. If, if he's under sender, if we, if we have the veteran there throwing him the football, I like Parker in my lineup as well. Uh, a couple trades just even since the injury to Williams, uh, Devonte Parker for Jalen Samuels, Devonte Parker for a third. There were a few other ones that would make me uh, scratch my head, or or certainly wouldn't wouldn't make me want to pull the trigger on as well. Things like you know Devonte Parker for AJ Green. Uh, we saw Devonte Parker and Kalen Balaj for AJ Brown. <laughs> There were some, there were some not so great trades in there as well. If you can get them at a discount, I think the the storyline here is if you can get them at a at that discount, he's a worthy add and a guy that you want in your flex. How about Ryan, the Rams and the Steelers? Who are we going to buy in this game? Yeah, this game was a little disappointing. I think we look at these two teams and we think of a lot of offense and, and certainly a lot of players on these two teams that are uh, fantasy relevant, and and the game ended up being kind of a low scoring disappointment. But even with that said, I couldn't choose just one here. I'm looking at one guy for each team. And I I think it's finally time to talk about Juju Smith Schuster. I, I haven't really wanted to talk about this all season because it has been, uh, it's been so, so disappointing, so sad for me, but I think now's the time to buy. You can't, you can't buy and start him next week or any week. You, you have to buy and leave him on your bench for the rest of the season. But we are starting to see the price go down a little bit. Uh, I pulled a couple of recent trades from the Trade Finder on DLF. Sammy Watkins in a second for Juju. Uh, and Carson Wentz and Dan, your guy, Calvin Ridley for Juju. Both of those are prices I'm willing to pay for him still. He's still a first rounder in our November ADP that is going to be released here in the next couple of days. I was kind of surprised to see that. I participate in uh, all of those mock drafts that we do, and and I told myself as we were starting those that I was I was hands off on Juju. I was just going to I was not going to draft him and and let the community decide where his value was, and and he still showed up in that uh, in that first round range. So. Um, as I said, I, I think we're buying him for 2020 when the uh, quarterback situation is uh, in a much better place. And then the other on the other team, on the Rams, Gerald Everett is a guy I think we should be buying aggressively. We've seen the production. Uh, since week four, he's tied in nine, and that's not even counting this week uh, with, a, with another good game, eight catches for 68 yards. We're going to see that uh, go up even higher. So I think he should be valued in the tight end one range, even though that, that gets a little crowded at the bottom of that group. But going back to that same November ADP, he's tight in 17. He's being drafted uh, behind Irv Smith, Johnu Smith, Chris Herndon, which uh, I, I would take him over all three of those guys for sure. And uh, to me, he's closer to... Uh, closer in the conversation to Noah Fant, David Njoku, he's behind those guys as well. 
Yeah, I really like both of those, Ryan, uh, especially the Juju. I, I've laid off as well because I was waiting for, you know, fanboy Ryan to jump on that bandwagon and, and take a shot with, with Juju. I wanted to know when you were going to actively go out there and try to add him. He's a great ad right now. I think I think you're right. He He's the perfect ad to me for a team that is in the middle of the standings but doesn't feel like they have a championship run in them. So you can give that first-round pick, and, and you're not feeling like that's going to be uh, an elite draft pick or anything like that. Um, maybe Juju has to go into your lineup then, and, and you're not even that worried about it be, him, him being there. Um, he's a nice target for me. And then Everett, he's been a target for me as well over the last few weeks. Um, I've, I've been able to add him and, and man, people see him as an afterthought and I'm not quite sure why perhaps it's the inconsistencies. We've had a couple of duds over the last month or or five weeks, uh, when they played San Francisco, two catches for nine yards, when they played Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago before the bye, two catches for 15 yards. Those are all sandwiches sandwiched around really good games though. Um, and he's got Arizona coming up. He's got Dallas coming back, Seattle coming up. There's a nice stretch, uh, against the tight end coming up for Gerald Everett. He's a guy I want on my teams and certainly in my lineups, if I'm contending and, and looking to make a playoff run down the stretch. Yeah, I have him at tight end 17 right now, but I think it's I think that's too low. I think you're right, Ryan. I think he belongs up there at the maybe not quite at the the back end of the tight end ones with Fant and Joku, but right after that in that 13 to 15 range. So uh, I have some updates to do there. All right, let's get to the final game of the day that we need to talk about. Matt, you had the Panthers and the Packers. Yeah, uh, two guys that didn't play in this game I want to talk about. Kyle Allen I don't really think is the answer there, and even if you do, I think he's I think he's going to cost you at least a second, you know, and I don't really want to pay that. I would rather look to the rookie they drafted this year, Will Greer. Uh, we haven't seen him yet. It seems like they invested enough in him that they would they want to see them if uh, they continue to lose uh, and, and get out outside of that playoff race in the NFC there. So uh, pick him up now while he's cheap. Right now in, in, in one quarterback leagues, he was moved for a fourth and a f- fourth uh, once uh, or several times and a fifth several times. And in super flex leagues, he's being moved for third round picks right now. I think you could do it a lot worse with your third round pick. In a super flex league, you're probably going to be making a speculative ad at the quarterback position or, uh, uh, you know, of course, another scale position in the draft next year in that range anyway. So take a shot that on a guy that could be uh, potentially the next starter there in Carolina. And then the other guy, Cam Newton, I, 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 there's been several reports this week that he's unlikely to be back in, in Carolina, but I do think he's going to be a starter next year somewhere. I think the only case can be made for him for not buying him right now is if you just think he's done with football, uh, the shoulder is just too far gone or he's just lost interest or whatever it is. And I don't really think that's the case with, with him. So I want to buy him. I'll, I'll, I'll still happily pay a late first if I can do that for Cam Newton on a team uh, that isn't really competing this year or just doesn't need that quarterback spot uh, uh, for the rest of this season. So Will Greer for the Panthers, I like for a cheap buy, and Cam a little bit more expensive for the future. You know, I think the jury's still out on Kyle Allen. He, he was up and down on Sunday against the Packers for sure. Um, he he almost threw a few more interceptions than the bad throw that he that he did throw a pick on. Uh, Jair Alexander had a couple chances at interceptions. It seemed like Kevin King had a shot as well. 
at the same time, he feathered some really nice throws over zone coverage right in front of safeties and behind linebackers that makes you think twice. I was a Kyle Allen fan coming out. I think I had him in almost every KS league, Ryan, and of course dropped him in most all but one, I think. And uh, that so that bit me just a little bit. I, I still feel like it's it's there, kind of. It seems like from everything we hear during telecasts, all the beat writers in Carolina, that coaching staff and that front office believes in him, at least to some extent, although they're all a little bit tight-lipped. Um, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm convinced Kyle Allen isn't an NFL starting quarterback. Um, not to say that he is, but I'm just not convinced that he is not. And that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast for Ryan and Matt. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again next week. <laughs>